Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Uh, my name is Dominic Insinius. I'm the leader here at The Heart. I'm grateful for y'all uh, to be here. Is anybody here because of their New Year's resolution and no other reason? I said I would be here. I'm here. Let's hurry it up. Let's get out of here. I'm hungry. Now, I'm grateful y'all are, are here today. Um, real quick, we, uh, a few years ago, uh, I personally stopped with resolutions. I always felt defeated with resolutions, New Year's resolutions, because I would make a resolution, and then, you know, a couple weeks in or a couple months in, I would break it, and I'd feel like, ah, forget it. I just shouldn't even do it in the first place. And what I started to do is something people have been doing for a long time is just shifting to a word of the year. Uh, having a word for the year kind of helps you to frame your mind for that year. And, and, and it, really, it really protects you mentally from breaking a promise to yourself and more of like looking forward, looking ahead. What can your word be for the year and, and, and how that shapes you? So maybe your word can be hope or faith or growth or family or whatever it happens to be. Our word for the year as a community, as a church, is expect. We want to focus our hearts, our minds, uh, our, our spirits to expect big things from God, to expect God to move in this city, in our families, in our marriages, in our parenting. There's something so special about expecting something. It's different than hoping something would happen. Now, I still want you to have hope. I still want you to have hope in the things that God can do and what, what you can do through God and what God can do through you. But more than just hoping something good can happen in your family, I want you to expect good things to happen in your family. Something changes in us when we move from a place of hoping something to get better and expecting something to get better. So I want you to, if maybe you need to borrow that word, uh, a lot of us are going to borrow that word for the year. And, and, and if you need to, if you want to, if you feel like that's a good word for you, you want to be a person who expects God to move, who expects good things to happen, then I want to let you, I want to give you permission to borrow that word uh, for this year. We, uh, we started a brand new series here at the beginning of the year. And kind of the way we, we, the way we think through it, I have a, a, a team of people that help me kind of think through the message series and each message for the year and kind of, you know, what are we going to talk about next and what are, we, what are we interested in knowing and learning and growing in? And usually for the beginning of the year, I feel like it's important to start with a series that kind of sets us up for the year, right? That kind of sets us up for, for what, what's to come in, in, in the year. Now, obviously, we don't know, but that's part of it. We don't know, but we, we want to be prepared mentally, spiritually, emotionally to be able to take on whatever comes. You know, it'd be easy to say 2020 and 2021 were some of the toughest years we've all faced, and maybe that's true, and maybe we'll never face tougher years than that, but maybe those last couple of years are preparing us for what could come in our lives. We're not hoping for the year, those years to repeat themselves, but we are going to be expectant to be ready for no matter what comes. So we started the year off with this series called Spiritual Detox. And the idea there of a spiritual detox is kind of taking a look at what we are currently believing, acting on, how we interact with our faith, with our spirituality. Maybe similar to uh, some of us do, uh, you ever done a food detox or, or something like that where you kind of remove things that you didn't know were bad for you or might potentially be bad for you or just remove things completely. Maybe you stop drinking sodas, you do a soda detox. 
And you forgot how many sodas you were drinking until you stopped drinking them. Maybe you stopped drinking caffeine for a while. Like, man, I was spending five, ten dollars a day on coffee. I didn't know that until I stopped drinking coffee, and now I'm rich. And we just bought, you know, a house in France just because I stopped drinking my lattes. You know. So what I want to do, what we're hoping to do with this idea of spiritual detox is taking a look at some of the things that we may or may not believe, some of the things that we act on spiritually or in our faith that could potentially be toxic for us at extreme levels. You see, that's the thing with things that could be toxic for us is if we're so far in it, so deep in it, we don't know that it's toxic for us. We don't know that it's affecting us until we bring it out put it on the table, sit down and look at it and say, oh, okay, is this what I still believe? Is this what I still want to act through? Is this what I still want my faith to look like? And if it is, great. But if it's not, let's take the time and be intentional to look at it and say this is or isn't. Last week, we started with the idea of you don't need a guru. You don't need a guru to follow. Many times, if we set someone up as our guru, what we're doing is setting ourselves up to be disappointed. Because there aren't gurus, there are just other humans. And other humans might know more than us. I always tell people, there, there are, half of you probably know more about the Bible than I do. So I can't be your guru on the Bible, and I don't want to be. So today I want to explore an idea that has to do with getting it right. So much of religion says you better get it right. If you don't get it right, how will you know if you're gonna get this reward? If you don't get it right, how do you know that you're being a good Christian if you're not following the rule, if you're not getting it right? Is anybody, okay, real quick. Is anybody like me where if we're going to play a game together, I invite you over, it's game night, you're going to come over and you're going to play a game. Let me know what you want to bring, probably some snacks. We're going to play a game. Is anybody the kind of person that's like, okay, let's all read the rules out loud to each other so we all know the rules, and when we start the game, I'll keep the rules right next to me, and if there's ever any infraction of the rules, I will have a louder voice than anyone else at the table, Okay, and I will explain the rules in detail that I already read in detail at the beginning of the game. And then the game isn't what the game is. The game is how often we can tell people they were wrong about the rules. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, there's a few. Okay, a few brave souls. Does anybody know someone like that? Anybody, anybody married to someone like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, I was the worst. That is exactly, oh. And it, 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 it wasn't even fun to play with me. You know what I mean? I'd be like, anybody want to play a game? No, we're not falling for that again, Dominic. <laughs> what do you mean? And then I was even the kind of person where, if it was, even if it wasn't in the rules, if it was in the spirit of the rules, I would make it a rule. You know what I'm talking about? Well, it doesn't say it has to be that way, but we all know it needs to be that way. That's the kind of, kind of person I was. 
And even when I was when I was very when I was very young, if you if you've known me for a little bit or or you don't know me, I'll tell you is I love to quote movies, quote TV shows. When people when, when I hear somebody quote something, I'm like, hey, is that you know, is that from The Office? I was going to show my age and say, is that from Ace Ventura? <laughs> like Ace Ventura came out 30 years ago. Is that from some new movie that just came out that makes me relevant? I thought so. And, it, you know, it's gotten so bad, too, where I'll say a quote, and somebody's like, Where that, where's that from? I'm like, oh, well, it's actually from a, a TikTok I saw a couple of months ago that a few people saw, but no one around here knows what that is. So, but, I, but I was, I've always been able to remember lines from movies and lines from shows so much so that if someone else quoted it, I'd be like, actually, that's not exactly how it went. There was a comma after that second thing, and you, you kind of reversed it. So... It's good effort, though. Good try. Few of my friends know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, so close. I just want to let you know that I know that you're wrong. Get it right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like that I'm like this, okay? I'm not telling you this to brag. These are things about me that I'm like, man, these, and, and, and I'm not telling this to strangers. These are to people that I love, that I want in my life that I want supporting me, that I want by my side, and I'm like, you are dumb. That's, that, this is the approach I have with people that I love. But there's sometimes some of us, we, we want things to be done right. Maybe you're not a, a, a right uh, freak like I am, you know, with, with, with game rules or, or with quotes, but there's, there, what is it about it in your life that you feel like, well, this needs to be done Right. There is a right way to do this. You ever found yourself thinking that? There is a right way to do marriage. There is a right way to raise our kids. There is a right way to get a job. There is a right way to be a good friend. There's a right way to be a good employee. Well, what happens if we think there's a right way to parent and our kids aren't being the best kids that we think they can be. We say, well, we must be doing something wrong. Because there's a right, a right way to raise kids. I've seen kids that are our kid's age, and they're acting way better than our kid, so what is the problem? What are we doing wrong? Can you, can you get a small sense of how this idea of doing something the right way can maybe be a little bit toxic? There's a right way to do marriage because I've seen married couples and they seem to be so happy, but my wife and I or my husband and I, we're having problems, we're fighting, we're stressed out about money. We must be doing something wrong. Everyone else seems to love their job and I hate getting up on Mondays. I hate giving, I even hate going to work on Fridays. There must be a right way to love your job because I must be doing something wrong. And so this idea of, of getting it right, of there being a right way. I grew, up, I grew up going to Catholic church, and then around 17 or 18, I started to go to a church uh, kind of like this, just more like non-denominational and more, more preaching and less, you know, a Catholic church has a lot of tradition. And, and, and throughout that, I always got a sense as I was growing up that there is a right way to have faith, that there is a right way to act, that there is a, a right way to be a Christian. 
And so that became very stressful for me. And I don't know if you've experienced this. Maybe you have. Maybe you're just brand new on your journey with, with following God or you're still trying to figure it out. And I would get stressed out trying to figure out what is, what is the right way. I, there's a right path I need to be on. But how do I know if I mess up? How do I know if I'm not on the right path? So then I'm stressed out about making sure I'm on the right path. And if I'm on the right path, am I making the right decisions while I'm on the right path? And then I'm prone to having a guru. If you, don't, you, know, if you, don't, if you weren't here last week or didn't get to listen to it, go check out the podcast. I'm prone to having a guru. So I'm, I'm looking for a guru telling me how, what's the right way to act. Okay, no rated R movies. That's a tall order. I'll try it. No drinking, no smoking, no cussing. I'm like, geez, Louise, this Christianity sounds like a real bummer. So I, <laughs> so I try to, so I try to do, you know what I mean. Uh, so I try to do the right things. I'm trying to make the right decisions. You know, here's the rules. This is how you're supposed to live, right. And what I'm saying is, if, if, if some of these things are in your life, some of these things are in your faith, where you're constantly like measuring up against what you think is the right way to live, the right thing to say, the right way to act, I'm going to give you an opportunity, even if it's for today, to spiritually detox from that idea. I want to look at a verse today in the book of Jeremiah. It's Old Testament. It's in the Old Testament. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, the book of Jeremiah actually is a collection of poems and sermons and things that the prophet Jeremiah, back in the old days, they would have these prophets that would walk around and a prophet of God was basically God's mouthpiece. Whatever the prophet said at, at times when he was speaking for God, people would listen and Jeremiah would give a lot of warnings. God's going to judge you, Israel, the people of Israel, God's people. God's going to judge you for what you have done. Because the people of Israel, they had made a covenant with God. They made a promise to God, we're going to worship you and only you. And this was at a point in time where they had stopped doing that. They were worshiping other gods, creating shrines to other gods. And God did not appreciate that. So he said, Jeremiah, tell them what's what. So Jeremiah says, this is going to be bad for you. You're going to be, you're going to be taken over by, by an enemy from the north named Babylon. You're going to be in big trouble. And it's going to be 70 years before God gets you out of your mess again. That's, the, that's just a little bit of the part. But Jeremiah also speaks a lot of hope. There's a lot of, you're going to be judged, but there's hope after you're going to be held accountable for what you did, but there's going to be hope after it. God won't forget you. But here's what I want to look at in this. Remember, in the, in the spirit of you got to get it right, got to get things right. There's a right way to look at things. And I'll say it now, I'll say it during, I'll say it after. My goal today or ever is not to confuse you. That is not my goal. When we talk about the things of God and we talk about some of the verses here in the Bible and, and we have some of these messages, my goal is not to confuse you. I do want to challenge your faith. I do want you to, like I said earlier, bring the things that you think, that you believe, where you're at, put it out on the table and say, is this right? Is this right for me? Is this what I believe? Because watch this, Jeremiah 29, 11, and some of you might be very familiar with this. 
And if you are, that's great. This Jeremiah 29.11 comes in a, uh, a, a text that was written. Because what Jeremiah would do before he died is he wrote down some of his poems and sermons and things that he had taught and preached. He wrote those down. And we are reading, when we read the book of Jeremiah, we're reading a collection of some of those things. And right here, we're reading a, a text that was written by Jeremiah. So verse 29.11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Maybe you all have heard this before, some of you. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This sounds very encouraging. It's encouraging. Some of us, we, we quote this scripture. We quote this verse when we're feeling like we're lost. When we're feeling low and we're feeling down. And there's nothing wrong with finding inspiration in a quote. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. Sometimes it's the Bible. Sometimes it's from other things. But what I want to talk about, what I want to focus on, is not necessarily the encouraging words here. I want to talk about how we want to get things right. You can leave it up there for a moment. I want you to look at this word, prosper. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. When you think of prosper, you prospering, what does that mean to you? I bet you if I asked you to write it down specifically what prospering means to you, I would get 30 different answers from 30 different people. Well, which one of you is right? What is the right way to prosper? I could make an argument that you're already prospering compared to 99% of the world. I could make a strong argument that you are already prospering. But for some of you, you might feel like you're not prospering yet. Or you used to be prosperous, but not anymore. Leave this up here. I want to read you this. This is Jeremiah 29.11, but this is out of the New Living Translation. See up here, this is the New International Version up on the on the screen. I want to read you the New Living Translation. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you future and hope. See, that's interesting because this says prosper, this says good. And you might be thinking, Dom, what's the big deal? But remember, I'm the rules guy. <laughs> I want to know, well, which is it? Does God want me to prosper, or does he just want good things for me? Those are two different things to me. So which one is right? So if we have this idea that there is a right way, there is one right way to understand this scripture. There is one right way. Let's say, just for now, just for the next couple minutes, I'm telling you, there is only one right way to read this. What am I doing? When I tell you there's only one, white, one, uh, there's only one right way to read this, I am putting a cap on your exploration of your faith. You know how I know there's, there's more than one right way to read this? There are dozens of translations of the Bible. 
If you've been here before or maybe been to other churches, sometimes I'll use the translation from the Message Bible. Sometimes I'll use the translation from the New Living Translation. Sometimes I'll use the Passion Translation. Sometimes I'll use the New International Version. And there's a bunch of other versions. Which one is right? Which one is the right one? I came across this website one time, and they were pretty sure they knew what the right one was, and it was the King James. And they were saying some pretty nasty things about other translations. They were saying some, in fact, it it went so far as some of the other translators of other translations of the Bible were going to hell because they weren't using the King James Version. That's how serious it was. So maybe they're right. Maybe it's the King James Version. I've never read it before, ever in my life. The King James Version, not the Bible. There are so many different ways to read this scripture because there are literally different translations. So which one is right? See, here's the thing. If we're looking for, if we're busy looking for what's right, if we're just busy looking for what's right, we miss the realization that we are finding the way. If we're, okay, which one is the right way? We're stressing about this and we're, we're overanalyzing and we're, just tell me what the right way is. We miss the chance to see that we are finding the way. You're in the middle of finding the way of your life, of your marriage, of your parenting, of your, of your faith right now. You don't need to look for the right way. You're on it. You're on the path you need to be on. What other path could you be on except the one you're on right now? We work ourselves up and we get, we get stressed out getting busy looking for the right way. And we miss what's in front of us. We miss the opportunities we have to grow our faith now because we're we're, we're trying to find the right way to grow our faith later. I don't want to miss now. I don't want to miss today. I don't want to miss what God can do in me and through me today because I'm busy making sure I'm on the right path of where I'm supposed to go. How many times have you been so worried about where you're supposed to go that you're not even seeing where you are right now? We can't see what God is doing now because we're so worried of what God is going to do as if we're making the right decisions and going about things the right way. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down too. It's less about getting it right and more about being open to our life and our faith changing and growing. Sometimes we think there is run, what, there's one, I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying this. There is more than one right way to have faith. That's a hard idea to wrap our head around because we think there should be one right way. If there's not certainty, if there's not one right way, then how could I possibly know which way it is? And I, I, I would say to that, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Because instead of standing in the certainty, you finally made it. You're the perfect Christian. You're the perfect husband. You're the perfect wife. You're the perfect boss. You're the perfect employee. That will never, ever happen. I'll end this suspense for you. Spoiler alert. You're never going to get it all the way right. So don't worry about it. Don't stress about getting it right. Let's be open to our life and our faith changing and growing. There's something about having, having faith at a season in our life. In fact, well, that's the next thing I want you to write down. Getting something right. Let's say you get something right during a season. Let me, let me say this, and I'll kind of break it down for us, okay? I'll break it down. Getting something right during a season of our life can stunt our faith. 
if we hold on to that certainty no matter what comes after. Let me tell you what I mean. We're applying for a job. Let's say you're applying for a job and you get the job and you do a good job there. You know what you're supposed to do. You're making all the sales that you need to make. You've got the sales job down right. You know how to sell this product to the people who want that product or even don't want it. You're doing a good job. Then you're getting it right. You're getting the sales done right. And then your company says, your boss says, we're going to promote you. You have done such a good job. We're going to put you in charge of this team of people who do sales. And if you are stuck in this, I know how to get it right, you will not be able to grow because you'll be in charge of this team of people and all you know is how to do sales. If you don't take the time to learn how to be a leader of people, you have now stunted your job, your career, because all you know is sales. You got sales right, but you don't know anything else after. So just because we get something right during a season of our life, just because we get something right, something happens the way we want, that can actually be bad for our faith if we make that right thing that happened our new certainty and we say, no, I know what is certain, so I don't need to grow anymore. I know what is certain, so nothing else needs to come after this, and that's just not how life works. Talk to anybody who's been married more than a year, more than five years. Does marriage get easier? Does the relationship get easier? No, it takes more and more intention. Don't tell my wife I said any of that. It's the same thing with friendship. It's the same thing with family. We just came out of the holidays. I'm sure a lot of you are breathing a sigh of relief that the holidays are over, that Thanksgiving is over, that Christmas is over. How many years do we need to go back to our family's house? Tell me if this is you, or actually don't tell me in case your family's here. <laughs> if this was you during the holidays, you got to psych yourself up, right? Okay, my uncle's probably going to say something racist, and I'm going to have to deal with that. And then uh, my, uh, my aunt is going to ask why I'm not married yet, so I'm going to have to have an answer for that. Why don't we have kids yet? We've been married for a couple of years. So you're thinking all these things. Even though you've been there for years, it doesn't make it easier each year. That's what I'm saying, is there, there is room to grow. There is room to grow in your faith. And one of the ways that you can see that, one of the ways that you can be aware of that room, one of the ways that you can allow your faith to grow is by letting go of the potentially toxic idea that there is only one way to get your faith right. If, there is only, if all we're worried about is getting it right, we're missing out on the growth that can happen to our faith. The growth and the learning comes from the mistakes. It comes from the misses. It comes from the things that weren't expected. That is where we grow. That is where we learn. Nobody wants it to happen. In fact, uh, here in the New Living Translation, it says God, God wants good things for you. Good is very subjective. Anyone ever had their heart broken before? Had their heart broken by 
a significant other? I have. I look back now, and I can honestly say that I'm glad that that happened. Now, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wishing heartbreak on you. But if you have a bad breakup, it might be good for you. Is that what God meant when he said he has good things for us? I don't know. Sometimes what's good for you is not good for me, and sometimes what's good for me is not good for you. Or it could be good at different times in our life. Sometimes tough, difficult situations are good for us to take on at different times in our life, and sometimes we just need a lot of help. There is no one right way to get it spiritually right. I want to challenge you to let go of that idea, even if it's just for today, and to allow yourself, to allow your faith room to grow, room to change, room to evolve, to keep growing into the person that God has created you to be. If you could, I want you to pray with me. If you could close your eyes and bow your heads, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have today to be bold in our faith. God, whatever is, is holding our faith back from growing, whatever idea it is that is, that is keeping us from challenge, challenging ourselves spiritually, I pray that you would show us that. Open that up for us. Thank you for the people that we have around us that we can challenge our faith and still grow in it. That we have people around us who will support us and love us through our faith growing and changing. We love you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.